Five nights a week, the hits keep on coming. The fight for it intercepted. He's got it. How about that? Now, from inside NRG Stadium, it's Texans All Access. We're jamming here at the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio inside NRG Stadium. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you live tonight as Bill O'Brien will be at the podium in just a few moments, and we'll hear from the head coach. And I don't know if they're bringing players up there tonight, Johnny. I don't think so. No? Players in the I locker room I don't believe tonight. so, yeah. Players uh, in the locker room, yeah. Players in the uh, locker room, coach at the podium, and we can tell you this. We were just out on the practice field not too long ago, and we saw, among others, Matt Khalil. We did. Kiki QT. We did. We didn't see exactly what they did. So I And, again, they don't have to list whether they're limited, full, Not whatever. Now. But they were out there wearing uniforms. That's a good sign. Next week with at the rest this, of the guys. Next week at this time? Or do we have to wait till Wednesday of game week? I, I can't think remember. it's um, – Oh, no, actually, it's a Monday night game. So maybe Thursday. Thursday? I think maybe Wednesday, Thursday would be the first time they officially have to release it. But they're going to practice one week from today. They'll practice today. They'll practice yeah. tomorrow. The team luncheon is tomorrow at the Hilton Americas, and you'll see tons of coverage right. on that. I get a chance to MC it again. Looking forward to it. And they'll practice, but it won't be a media-type practice. It'll be a closed deal. Right. Then, Wednesday, walkthrough kind of day. Although, I think that the guys who are, who are not going to play are going to definitely appear at practice on Wednesday, but not in front of people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I he think... says they divide the team up. Well, Wednesday is a – I think it's a closed day anyways, so – I mean, for, for our I perspective. Yeah. That was my long way of saying closed day. Yeah. And then Friday, walk through, cuts, whatever. They're, they're going to get them off their feet this weekend. This all, a, they'll, they'll have a chunk of time off this weekend. This is a crazy two weeks. It's a, it, it's a, uh, yeah, it is a crazy two weeks, and it's weird to open on a Monday night. They've only yeah. done it once before in their history. And that the late game. And one. And one. So, but they were down 28-7, to 7, I think, yeah, before the they right came back. And Cushing did it. By the way, Texans replay premieres one week from tomorrow night. Oh, are you going to tease Texans replay tonight? What do you, what do you got for Texans replay? Well, usually, usually I do some before. of the plays of the preseason, but I well, you don't have a lot from Saturday. I don't that? have a lot. But the first oh. two games, I might have a few things. So I, I'll have to, I'll have to see what I've got. Uh huh. I'll put something together. I always have something. I, I like replay. We'll see. You know what I might end up doing is something having to do with our Texans top 100 moments. I might have to play some of those. Oh, because especially we're those, down. yeah, especially those that have. Coming the last six years, uh, the ones that I can remember off the top of my head since I've been on the sidelines. But there, there'll be some that it might might be fun to look back. That'll be good because yeah. the next replay after that will be about the Saints game. Yes, and hopefully that one is excellent. Yes, that's what I would like. Hopefully that one goes a full three segments right. talking about those plays against the New Orleans Saints. But they they got some great news today. Sheldon Rankins, mm-hmm. they pulled off a PUP. Now, doesn't mean that he's absolutely going to be ready for week one against the Texans, but it does mean that they don't have to put him on IR. So, great news for Sheldon Rankins, one of the better young defensive tackles in the NFL to come off of Pup. He had Achilles in December. And he's back. Guys are back so fast. What about uh, our buddy, Demarius Thomas? And apparently he's on his way back. I've been seeing more interviews. He met the media for the first time. He said, i got to shake some rust off. No kidding. Well, yeah. No kidding, Russ. A guy that old, I'll put that in air quotes because he's football a young old. man. He's football, football old. old. Got a lot of mileage on him. But a guy of that nature coming back from Achilles in November, and here he is, and he'll oh, make December. the opening. It was December? Yeah, it was week 16. No, no, no. Demarius Thomas? Demarius Thomas is the Eagles. 
Oh my gosh! It that was. was week sixteen. That was it was. That was a few days before. Oh my gosh! It was Christmas, and he's potentially coming back now. He was asked. He was asked by the Patriots media, and all I said. He was asked different questions like, "Where are you in your rehab?" All that kind of stuff. And he said, "I believe I still got it." Mm-hmm. Now I'm sure Demarius can run routes, get open, but there can he run though the way right. he needs to run? Right. I mean, he was not. He was not the fleetest of foot when he was here with us. Right. Now, he could make a catch, get upfield, and do some things. As we saw in the Bron- Broncos game, he has yeah. a little bit of knowledge of the offense. He knows Josh McDaniels from the one year in Denver. McDaniels is the one who pushed for him to get drafted. So, there'll be some familiarity. But there's a flyer there that the Patriots took, and they, that, they said, why, why not? not? Why yeah. not? Devere Posey got hurt in the playoff game mid-January, came back for the opening day activities. But... <sighs> You know, this was not a proven receiver. He was on the rise. He had a nice little flash at the end of that rookie season. He was also 24, 25, maybe? He was an older maybe? rookie. No, no. Uh, no that was, his, was that his rookie year? Devere? I thought it was his rookie or maybe. Well, he was then 21, 22. So he was younger. Demarius was, what, 30? Yeah. So, so I mean, that's... I thought it was his rookie year. In football then, years, that's huge. But he ends up playing in Canada, right? Yes, and he's done a really nice job in Canada. Good. Good done for a him. Very, very nice job in Canada. That's CFL. By the way, the other night, mm-hmm. I, I almost texted you and Andre because we have a text string when CFL games are on. Yes. And I was watching, and before I could do that, I fell asleep because I was exhausted. <laughs> was that in the hotel? Yeah. Because there was one on when we were all at the hotel. Winnipeg and Edmonton. And you know who was just destroying for Edmonton or for uh, Winnipeg? Who? Willie Jefferson. Oh, I saw that. I, I thought I texted you guys. You that. did. You did. Willie, Willie Jefferson, Jefferson was killing it. And I Googled because I have not – and I do watch CFL, but not religiously. Right. So I was thinking Willie Jefferson's been north of the border wreaking havoc in just, the CFL. Good for him. And if you, I, I remember – Boston guy. I remember Willie Jefferson out at practice, and he was quick as a blink. I yeah. mean, he could fly. Yep. But I don't remember him being an Adonis, if you know what I mean. Yeah. He's long and kind of angular. Watching him for Winnipeg, he looks like he is beefed up. I mean, he looks like a 4-3 defensive end. Yeah. I mean, he barely now. looked like a strong safety when he was here. Good for him playing professional football for a living. I know. I love those stories in the CFL. He was People destroying. People like, oh, yeah, you just go to Canada and you play football. It's easy. Look at Manziel. He couldn't do it there. And it's just harder than you think. Talk to Danny Barrett about it. Talk to Andre Ware about yeah. it. It's difficult. Very difficult. You have to – the knowledge of those offenses, the knowledge involved, they're intricate. You have the receivers getting off to a running start. It ain't easy. It's 12 guys on a field. It's a 110-yard field. I mean, it's 20-yard end zones. There's so many different things you can do in Canadian football. But I love watching Canadian football because you have those moments of, oh, who's that that just made a play? Oh, I remember him from Southern Miss. Or, oh, I remember that guy. He played for the Bengals for a year or two. And then there's Willie Jefferson just wrecking shop. It's like, that's – That was cool. That was cool to see. Good for him. That was cool to see. it's too bad it never really worked out. For him, he here. had some talent. Still, I mean, the he Kansas has City three some talent. Yeah, is that what we call him? Yeah, I guess. Okay, what unfortunate. Going day. back to Kansas City for the first time since then in a regular season scenario. Regular season, yeah, yeah. So here we go. Uh, by the way, we're vamping a little bit because we're awaiting Bill O'Brien at the podium, and it might take longer than we think. So we're just going to stay with you, yeah. Because I, I think that unfortunately we can't tell you exactly what these guys are doing in practice. But Matt Khalil was out there. Greg Mance is out there. Kiki QT's out there. Who am I missing? Titus Howard was out there. Titus Howard is good. I I 
thought that I saw Justin Reed out there. I thought I saw Tashawn Gibson out there. So that doesn't, again, this was not in full pads, so that yeah. may not mean a whole heck of a lot. They were doing activations, so you know who's to say? And this is kind of a strange week anyways because you've got, I don't know, probably about half the team, maybe maybe a little less than half the team, maybe 40% of the team, 40 45% of the team that is not even thinking about the Rams. Right. They're full-scale on board New Orleans Saints. Correct. Then you've got the other half that, of that half, those guys are playing for practice squad spots. Yep. They're playing for 31 other teams in the league. Mm-hmm. And some of them are playing just to keep their football lives, you know, on, you know, to keep them uh, from dying. Yeah. So you have that as well. And then you probably have five to seven maybe young guys that you're just because numbers are maybe squeezed at a particular position that you might have to play. So that are going to be part of your 53-man roster. So you've got kind of an eclectic mix of players. And the Rams haven't played their guys all preseason. Like their guys, Donald, Gurley, uh-huh. Goff, Cup, Cooks, those guys haven't played at all. I'll tell you what. They're not playing at the all. The scouting opportunities with the Rams, that's been strong mm-hmm. because you get to see so many of these guys. Yeah. And extended game action and a yep. mini season that they've had. Yep. I mean, those guys have been playing a lot of football. Rookies for the Rams who are undrafted, who went through the pre-draft process, mm-hmm. and they got to camp, and they've been working their butts off, and they've been playing a lot of football, getting a lot of looks. It's good for their career. You're right. After Thursday, just think about the numbers. The sheer no- Here are the rough numbers. You're going to come down to 53, right? But 10 make the practice squad. It's not necessarily 10 that you have already in the building. Right. It's probably seven, maybe six, and then you're going to sign some guys to the practice squad who let who get let go from other teams. Right. Because you're going to say, well, I'd rather have that guy in my practice squad. And right. then it's a re let's see, a recruiting scenario that occurs over again. It's re-recruiting. Remember we talked about this post draft when the draft ends, seventh round of the books, and maybe even before that, they start making calls to these guys and right. they start enticing them to come to their team. Right. Right? Join us on the practice mm-hmm. squad. We'll give you a little extra money, whatever. It's a good situation for you, a better situation. Okay, now Somebody gets let go from another squad. Yeah, I know you want to sign with a team, with your team or another team, but you're not going to. Join our practice squad. So what's the incentive? You can pay them a little bit more money or convince them that it's a better situation for them, that right. they'll rise faster potentially right. if they do the work. So a lot of activity over the weekend here in this building trying to get that practice squad filled up. And remember, we pointed this out this morning and I think a little bit last week. Last year at this time, after that fourth preseason game, they get it to 53. Actually, Joe Webb was left off the 53 for a minute because they had to get somebody on IR, and it was all technicality stuff. Right. And Joe came right back onto the 53, and they added three other players that they got off the waiver wire. They're going to be scanning that waiver wire. And the other thing is this. All the reports, all the smoke of a potential trade this week, who knows how it all goes down. I mean, are they going to get a left tackle? Are they going to get a running back, cornerback? We don't know. Are they going to get anybody in a trade scenario? Yeah. I can tell you this. It's not going to be cheap, whatever it is. It's going to cost you something. To get somebody who's good, valuable for your football team, it's going to hurt a little bit. So let's just hope that if it does happen, it's somebody who can really help you right away. And I I doubt they do it unless, obviously, that's the case. So let's just see how it all shakes out. Like you said, it's a very busy week. A lot of different things can happen. My mom used to tell me all the time, you get what you pay for. I remember, (laughs) I'll never forget... I was looking at baseball gloves, and I wanted an A2000, Wilson A2000. It was the best glove on the market, and I wanted it because I, I needed to have it. And my mom said, 
I remember her saying, she says, well, you get what you pay for. And I was like, all right. She, Go for it. It was kind of her convincing herself that she needed to get yeah. it for me. Uh, and then I promptly went out and made two errors in that game. And but I, It was I, the glove. Yeah, but, but Wait, it was the glove. Was it like Pedro Serrano? You had a curse on your glove? Yeah. Was I, that his name? Yeah, I took the I took the head off a of live chicken. You did? Yeah. And that changed the curse. It changed everything. That's good. All right. Changed everything. At least that's what Major League would have you who believe. Who tweeted this? Was it Pendergast who tweeted about the Texans and the Colts changing souls or something like that? I saw somebody tweet that. That Was it Sean? I don't know who it was, but somebody said the Texans the the – the Texans are the the 2019 Texans are the Colts of 2015, and the Colts of 2019 are the Texans of 2015. Wait, does he mean 14 though? Because 15 was Hasselbeck in a diaper. Yeah, probably 14. Probably yeah. probably more so. That's 14. the first time the Texans ever beat the Colts in Indy. It's probably more so 14. And that's what a Hasselbeck wasn't wearing the diaper. But I don't think it was Sean that tweeted that. I think he oh. retweeted. Somebody, somebody retweeted that. I happened to see that. But it's true. If you if you look at the Colts, and you think, man, all right. Uh, this is, it's still a pretty talented squad. I mean, you know, on that on that 2015 defense here, you know, you had Kevin Johnson as a rookie was very very good. You still had AJ Boye, you had Kareem Jackson, you had Jonathan Joseph, you had B Mac was a rookie. You still had Cush, you had Clowney who didn't play a full year, and then you had Watt who was. We just got the signal that we're going live. Okay, we're we're gonna do it here. We're gonna go live here in a moment as soon as we can, and we'll let you know as soon as Bill O'Brien gets to that podium because he's approaching it, and we're gonna hear from the head coach as to what went down today. And we'll just have to be late for the break, Brian, because we want to hear Bill O'Brien. And actually, you know what? Since he's gonna take a couple of minutes here, we'll join him in progress and make up anything we missed. How does that sound? Sounds good to me. That sounds good. Do Let's do that, and we'll hear from Bill O'Brien next here on Texans Radio. I'm Bill O'Brien, and you're listening to Texans Radio. For all the latest news and videos on our favorite team, check out HoustonTexans.com. This is Deshaun Watson. The bomb from Deshaun Watson. And you're listening to Texans Radio. My goodness. We're in the Hyundai Texans Radio studio. Bill O'Brien at the podium. Let's listen in. It'll be him exclusively. We've got a lot of other guys at that position that we can mix and match with. Bill, does he have, I guess, by week one, will he have a grasp, you think, of your entire offense of everything the position asks Duke. you to do? Duke, yeah, yeah no doubt. Very smart guy. Yeah, he's, uh, he's picked it up really well. I think the question before he's played in similar systems you know he kind of has an idea we just may call it a little bit differently but uh he's a very bright guy he's picked it up very well did you like what you saw the way watt came in and was dominant in that brief period could you talk about his progress and where he is right now yeah no he's uh he's had a great camp um played well in the game um yeah no he's he's playing really well right now no doubt about it i mean he's he's uh he's ready to play he's ready to go you worried Waring's been out now with that concussion for a while, and you got these other tight ends playing well. What's his stat? Do you expect him to come back anytime soon? I don't know, John. I think that you, um, you know, anytime you have that that type of an injury, you've got to be, uh, you know, we're we're just following the protocol. You know what I mean? We're just going with what with what's what every stage is relative to the symptoms of his concussion. So we're just trying to do the best we can to to manage it and. Uh, you know, hopefully he'll get back at some point. Based on where you are now, will you be in your best shape physically since most of your starters won't play going into New Orleans than you've been since camp started? Well, we, you know, Lamar getting injured. 
you know. So, um, but but I would say, you know, overall, I think the health of the uh, the training camp has been decent. Yeah, I think we've 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 really tried to map out, um, you know, reps for different guys and things like that. And and I think so far, you know, relative to other camps that we've had, the health health of the team is pretty good. You know, what's that balance of, of having to you know get guys ready for the season, but also wanting them to be safe and you know preseason games and not get injured? Yeah, it's hard. It's a, just a, something you have to go with what you think is best. You get a lot of input on it. Obviously, you don't you know you talk to coaching staff and the medical staff and strength staff and see get people's opinions and try to make the best decisions that you think for the player. That you know how much how many reps does the player need? I do think that most players need some some game you know real real live action before they play in the season. I think that helps, you know, to get them ready. But uh, it's definitely a, a fine line that you have to you have to do as good a job as you can trying to figure it out and then, you know, let the chips fall where they may. Point, are you trying to avoid, like, recency bias when you make these decisions with your roster? Or do you care more about how a guy does in the final kind of couple weeks versus how he did at the beginning of camp? See that? I'm sorry. You so said when, you're trying to cut down, when you're trying to cut down your roster, I mean, are you cognizant of trying to avoid some recency bias in your evaluation? Or do you care more about how a guy oh, I see what you're saying. in the final few weeks? No, I just told, um, you know, told the team, um, you know, this morning, you know, relative to the guys that will play the most in this game. I mean, there's been several uh, examples over the years that guys have played really well in the fourth game and made the team. Um, there's also examples of guys that have played really well in the fourth game over the years that have been released by that team and then signed very quickly by another team onto their 53. So I think it's it's in everybody's best interest to go out there and, and play as good as you can in this game. And uh, But I think for, for us as a coaching staff, we, we look at the – you know, mostly we're, we're, we're really concentrated on the, the big picture, the whole picture of the player, how the player has come in and improved from OTAs to where we are now. Bill, with, with and then, you know, it's how the player is going to be used on our team. You know, that's a big thing relative to special teams, offense, defense. You know, the role of the player is a very big, big deal. Bill, with week one kind of getting pretty close, does Clowney have to show up this week to be ready for week one? I don't know. I think that's a better question for him. When do you think the coaches are going to be consulted? Because there's a lot of talk about going to 18 games and going with more joint practices. When do you think coaches will be asked for their opinion on that as the negotiations continue? Never. <laughs> no, I don't think the coaches aren't a part of that. I mean, you know, I don't think the majority of coaches, I'm not saying that no coaches are a part of that CBA discussion. I've always thought that, you know, with all the great veteran coaches we have in the league, that maybe a couple of those guys, just my opinion, should be a part of the CBA negotiation. But that's never been – I think maybe there's been a couple that have been involved, but I don't think they – I'm not sure they care how much the coaches think about that. I think that's more about the players and the owners. Bill, you're talking about the fourth game of preseason in terms of roster. How much does game four impact your decisions on guys making the roster versus the overall – that's what he just asked. <laughs> Come on, Berman. No, no, it's no, it's a, it's a, no, it's exactly what he asked. But no, it's it's a fair question though. I mean, it's again, it's a lot of guys over the years in the fourth game uh, have really played well and made the team, or maybe they've been released and made another team soon thereafter. So um, that's definitely part of it, uh, but. You know, relative to the way we look at it, I think it's more of a big picture deal. It's more of a of a um, 
you know, a cumulative review of how the guy's done since he's since OTAs to training camp to the games. You know, um, I don't think it's fair to judge it on one game, but certainly playing well in the game definitely helps. Are you in favor of two preseason games and four joint practices like to be kicked around? You, you know, I think that the you know you guys I think know the way that I feel about joint practices. I think I'm just going to tell it to you. I, I think that they should televise joint practices, put them on TV, show um, you know JJ Watt going one on one with an offensive tackle, show DeAndre Hopkins going one on one with a corner. You know, put that on TV. I th- I don't know. I mean, I'm not. You know, I have my family. They're fans. I know they would love to watch it. You know, but I. I just think that would be pretty cool. Um, but, again, who's listening to me? You asked the question, so I'm answering it. Nobody's listening to me. But I'm just saying, to me, that would be a good way to go is to get a lot of, you know, maybe two two or three joint practices, two preseason games. Sounds good to me. But that's not anything that, that I'm going to be in, in the process, the decision-making process of. How do you feel about where you all stand right now at cornerback? Considering no, I think it's improved. Like- yeah, I think it's improved. I think uh, J. Joe – has been steady for us. I think Roby's more more accustomed to our system. He's played well in the snaps that he's had in the preseason. Played well, versatile guy. He's played well in practice. Uh, I think Lonnie Johnson's come on and, and, and improved. I think he's got a ways to go, but he's improved. Um, and I think there's other guys. I think at the safety position, you know, I think guys are getting better there, getting more accustomed. When I say getting better, I mean getting more accustomed to our system, whether it's Gippy or, or uh, Jaleel Adai. AJ Moore, you know, Justin's been in the system. So, um, you know, look, we, we all have a way to go, but I feel good about where, where they're at. You got the 53. Do you have a certain number of players you want in each position, a ballpark, or does it matter to you more what a, a role a player is going to play, regardless of what, on special teams, regardless of what position he's categorized at? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely more the latter than the what you what you said earlier in your question. It's more about like, okay. There's a lot of things that go into it, okay? Special teams is a big deal. Like, you know, are you keeping this many offensive linemen, and does that mean that you, you're, you can't keep as many inside linebackers? You know, people think it's just position, you know, offense, defense. It's really that side of the ball affects the other side of the ball, affects special teams on, on all in all decisions. You know, I think that um, – you know, there's a lot that goes into it. You say to yourself sometimes, hey, you know, with the scouting staff, you know, I don't – I have a lot of help. Matt Bazargan, Rob Kissel, these guys are going to – we're all going to work together on it. Um, and we're going to sit there and we'll say, okay, like, are we releasing this guy and he's a really good player only to keep this certain number of players at another position? Like, to me, you know, I don't know if we, we want to do that. You know, I think we need to keep the best players and, and the guys that have earned the right to be on the team. We try to do the best we can in doing that. It's not easy, but – we try to make the best decisions for the team. Expecting McCarron to be back as the backup for the New Orleans game. I, I think that AJ's on the right track. I do. I think that he's on the right track. So I would say as I stand here right now, I would say yes. But I always reserve the right to change my mind. <laughs> Thank you. All right, that's Bill O'Brien up at the podium post-practice today. And we didn't get to some of the stuff in the beginning, but we've got it for you. All right, so considering we're getting close to break time again, I think we're going to take a break, and then we're going to get back to some of the earlier parts of the press conference that you missed because 
he went up. He had the audacity to get up there while we were in commercial. Now he's not yeah. doing it for us, Johnny. like he like he's ever worried about yeah. us. Like it's not. Uh, this is not. His <laughs> He'll show. tell us that too. Yeah. He'll tell us that. Show. We're just taking the press conference live. <laughs> he doesn't even know it. He would say, "You guys said that I." Stiffed you on the airtime? No, we didn't. We no. never said that. We're no. just having fun, Coach. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, by the way, he was in a good mood today. Mm-hmm. I think it's because all those guys are back at practice. That you know, helps. Even though you lose that... Lamar, which is terrible, obviously. Yeah. But, you know, seeing a lot of faces come back to practice will definitely cheer the head coach up. Yeah, and I mean, somebody asking in there about the, the health of the team. Hey, you came out of training camp relatively healthy. The first thing he did was what? Talking about reminded, Lamar. He reminded him of Lamar. Because it's a huge loss. It Everybody is. loves it really him. Is. It's a big loss. I mean, look, it's not losing Deshaun Watson. I get that. But he's a big loss for this football team, and there's some comments in there about Duke Johnson that we have to get to and the guys returning to practice, how the coach feels about that. Also, a little Andre Ware reloaded from this morning. Let's get to it all as we continue the conversation. More on the luck retirement and how it affects the landscape of the division as well. It's Texans Radio. Can't get enough Texans radio? We've got shows. We've got podcasts. We've got interviews. It's all on HoustonTexans.com. Now back to more Texans talk on Texans All Access. Oh, yes. Like the man said, we're here in the Hyundai Texans radio studio. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you live. Now, Bill O'Brien, you just heard some of what he had to say at the podium but we joined him late, so we grabbed whatever we missed. And here's some of the stuff at the beginning, just a couple of minutes of uh, comments from O'Brien, and he leads off with Andrew Luck because he was asked about it Saturday, but he just stepped off the field. He really didn't know much about it. Here's Bill O'Brien on Luck's retirement. I just would like to say that, um, you know, I just think it was a very courageous and uh, tough decision, uh, I'm sure, for Andrew to make. I don't know him that well, just know him from shaking his hand after many battles against him on the on the uh, game field, um, great player, fierce competitor, um, played the game with a lot of class and played the game as tough as you can play that game at that position. So I uh, just want to make sure that uh, on behalf of the Houston Texans that we wished him best in the next phase of his life. On the roster, uh, so I'm sure you guys already saw this, but we, we, we put uh, Lamar Miller, test showed that uh, Lamar tore his ACL uh, you know, tough loss. You know, obviously a guy that we're going to miss in the meeting room. We're going to miss uh, on the practice field, and obviously we're going to miss on the on the game field. But uh, um, so we put him on in- injured reserve, and we also put uh, tackle uh, David Steinmetz on injured reserve today. We waived uh, corner cornerback Deontay Burton, and we waived with an injury settlement cornerback uh, Derek Jones. Um, and then uh, that's basically an update. So whatever you guys have. And then it was kind of a walkthrough deal, but uh, is that encouraging that they were able to participate? Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, I think they're on the right track, uh, headed in the right direction. Um, you, you know, say that you know, obviously, neither one of them would play Thursday night, but uh, I think they're they're headed in the right direction. Bill is on on the running back front with Lamar out. Do you have what you need here to? to re- get the job done? Do you feel like you have to go outside the club? How do you look at that right now? I think as you look at our running back situation right now, we have a, we have a good situation. I think uh, adding Duke Johnson was was a good move. He's He's uh, been good, you know, in the meeting room, in practice, very professional attitude. Uh, Taiwan Jones, that addition in the offseason was a good one. Um, Buddy, Buddy Howell's been really steady guy for us on special teams. Uh, you know, we got Higdon Crockett battling it out. We've got uh, Galaspia. So, you know, 
we'll see what happens. Mark, anything can happen. But how concerned are you that you bring happens. in three new linemen, but because of injuries, you haven't been able to have the line you want as you get closer to regular season? How worrisome is that? Yeah, I mean, you know, look, I think that uh, there's really not too much you can do about that. You know what I mean? So instead of you know, worrying about it. You just try to do the best you can to to, to keep figuring it out and trying to get uh, the right guys out there, and you keep uh, you keep working at it. I mean, there's really not too much you can do about, you know, whether a guy gets injured or not. That's kind of the nature of the game. You have to be ready for it. You have to have the depth for it. Um, and I think we're on the right track there. Bill, you watch the tape now, and you've never watched the offensive line, uh, especially early in the game. What do you think was happening with um, some of these situations with the pass rush and also just guys getting pushed backward uh, you know, in some cases when they were on the run plays. In the uh, Dallas game? Yeah, so the first play was a play-action pass that the ball has to come out, you know, so really they, they actually blocked that one pretty well, but it's, you know, the nature of the, the play was the ball's got to come out, so we got to design a better play there. Um, you know, on the running play, we got blocked the backside of the play better, didn't block the backside very well, and then... Um, on the uh, there was another play there where again it was a play action pass and just you know again they did a good job covering it and it wasn't there and we've got to do a better job of getting rid of the ball so um, you know overall we just gotta we just have to do a better job we're just gonna try to get better. Could you talk about Titus? Could you talk about Titus being back? Any chance he plays Thursday or is that doubtful that he plays Thursday? Titus will not play Thursday. Yeah. Like um, Duke has progressed since he's joined your team. I know it's been a short time. Yeah, he's done a good job. He's learned well. He's um, he's good in the meeting room. He's been good when he's practiced. He's been good on the practice field. Uh, it's been good so far. Yeah, no doubt. I feel like there's been a little bit of overlap from what schemes he's played in before with what you're doing, and so maybe it's not a huge learning curve for him. Um, I think he learns well. I mean, I think there are some similarities, and you know, in a lot of different schemes that he's played in. But I think he learns well. He's able to pick up what we're what we're asking him to do. It's just maybe a different terminology, but he's doing a, he's doing a good job. He's a smart guy. Prevent a guy when his rushes go up from his production as a receiver, his efficiency as a receiver from going down. Say that again, Aaron. With Duke, as, and just generally with a running back, if they're sometimes these third down backs, if, if their rushes go up. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't call him a third down back. You know, I know that he is a substituted back. So he plays in the past, he's played a lot against sub-defenses. But you can see sub-defenses on first, second, or third down. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't call him a third down back. I think that he's a sub-back in some things that he does because, you know, that's how he's been used in the past. I think with us, he'll be used in a lot of different ways. Um, and he's had a lot of snaps, you know. All right, that's Bill O'Brien at the podium. And that's pretty much all he did. I know I cut off that last little comment there. But we have a special guest here in studio. Let's go to peanut butter. Jordan Thomas is joining us live here in the Hyundai Texans radio studio. I can't believe we don't have peanut butter jelly time ready to go. I know. We well, need to get that. You know, it's it, not a lot of time to plan. We really appreciate you visiting, by the way. No, I appreciate y'all. All right, so we, we saw you guys getting ready for practice out there. This is a, probably a little bit of a lighter practice today, considering you played a game less than 48 hours ago, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It was a very good day outside. Um, it was very light, you know. We didn't do too much, so. Mm-hmm. Do you feel at this point training camp's over, or is it over when Thursday hits and then you're really on to the regular season? Yeah, it's over when Thursday hits after that game, so, and then we get in a regular season. So, for now in your second year, now you can compare the two. 
how much different is a preseason game versus a regular season game? I know you and I would talked about this when you were a rookie about what this place is like when it's full for a regular season game. Is it that completely different game speed? How different is it? The game speed uh, is very slowed down. Like rookie rookie year, um, it was very fast. It wasn't that fast because you know SEC and, and the NFL was it's it's similar. Yeah, you know, it's not that big on speed wise. Right, but. Um, it is very slowed down because now you know you know what what everything's where everything's going what movements going so it's it's not that fast anymore. Did you play in Game Four last year, preseason? Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. I did. All right. I was just trying so, to remember exactly because yeah. you know I know a lot of guys sit out that game. But yes, it's, sir. It's, yes, sir. I did. Me and Aikens did. So. Right. You both did. Yes, sir. Rookies, yeah. Got yes, to do, do the job. Yes, no, sir. No doubt about it. Yes, sir. But what what is that atmosphere like? Because, you know, you guys were drafted, which is great. Guys who are undrafted, a lot of players who are undrafted are really up against it. You yes, know? sir. Not everybody, but some. So what is that game like? I mean, there are a lot of guys kind of fighting for their careers in that particular contest. Um, For me, I take it as, you know, um, I'm I'm undrafted too, you know, and I'm fighting for my spot too. So last year I was fighting for a spot on on the 53. This year I'm still fighting for a spot on the 53. So I look at it as you know another opportunity to go out there and get better, you know, and 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 try to you know make my spot on the 53. How tough has it been in some sense, Jordan, to think ahead, not think ahead to New Orleans, where? I would imagine New Orleans growing up was that in your area where you grew up. I yes, would imagine sir. New Orleans was pretty high on everybody's yes, fandom list there. Yes, uh, yes, I would sir. imagine you're going to have some family, some friends yes, in the sir. area when we go to New Orleans. Yes, sir. I'm going to have uh, a lot of people there, a lot of people. Everybody's coming down, and I have family in New Orleans. So everybody's coming to that game. So it's hard not to think about it, yeah. you know, but I take it day at a time, you know. So it's very hard, you know, because I'm excited about it. Did so. you grow up a Saints fan? Uh, yes, sir, because uh, I was a big uh, Jimmy Graham fan growing gotcha. up. So, uh, yeah, I, I did grow up a, a Saints fan. I mean, a Jimmy Gra- Graham fan growing up, it feels like 10 minutes ago. Yeah, Jimmy I know. Graham. I know. Jimmy, yeah, I know. You know? <laughs> it does. I, mean, I thought you were going to say, like, Bobby Hebert, I loved him. <laughs> he was Archie Manning was great. All these guys. Jimmy Graham. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, Reggie Bush is probably old school to you. Yeah, you know, yeah. of course he is. Yeah, but I mean, I did see him play growing up, so I, I'm a Reggie Bush fan. You know, that was that was like in my middle school. I want to say <laughs> I was okay. just getting into middle yeah, school. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so, so it's kind of me too, by the way. Yeah, it was kind of old, but I mean, I'm a big Reggie Bush fan too, and Deuce McAllister. I used to play with him on. Man. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think that was like an '06. So did you? Did you go to? Did you go to any Saints games growing up? Were you able to get there to uh, any of them? No, sir. I was I was heavy in the sport, so I never really got a chance yeah. to go and visit. You know anything growing up? You know, I got, <laughs> like Houston is the first city I've ever been to my whole life. The first, Houston. really? Yeah. This is the first city I've ever been. Okay, to. so what other the, than traveling? You know, so what? Yeah, on a, yeah, what, yeah. Sports. You know, this is the first city I've ever been to. So, so what's the biggest thing that stood out to you? Like, whoa, bright lights, big city. Like, what's the first thing that stood out to you? Like, I'm in a different place than I've ever been. Everything. Right? Traffic? 
Traffic is the worst. Because uh, back home, I get to where I need to be in like 30 seconds. Yeah. It's like, you know, nope. you you just trying to go to Kroger down the street. That takes 30 minutes. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? You know, you get it. You know, you say, I, I don't get angry like that. But, man, Houston yep. will have you angry, that traffic. Yeah. Uh, what what area of town do you live in? Sir? What area of town? What part of town do you live oh, in? Oh, I live in Pearland. Okay, so yes, you, all right, so sometimes I mean, but your schedule, you guys get in so early, yeah. you probably miss all yeah, that rush I miss hour all the stuff. Traffic. I got to all the construction down to. there, all those ramps oh, they're yeah. building on two eighty eight. Oh, I was just there yesterday. It's 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 brutal. Oh. It's crazy. It's crazy. I saw a population sign for Pearland that said one hundred twenty something thousand. What? One hundred twenty something thousand. When did that thousand. happen? I mean, Pearland was probably the size of your town growing up. No. Pearland was tiny when I moved here. Oh, many, many, oh, many years oh, ago. Oh, okay. You said like 35 years ago, it was probably about that size. Oh, I thought you tiny. meant now. Yeah. <laughs> now it's different. Now it's like a metropolis. Man. But but you really want you want it to be out there in the suburbs and, and yes, live sir. that kind of life because I'm that's, sure you weighed all the options. A lot of guys live here in an apartment building or whatever. That city life is not for me. Okay. Uh, this, this, <laughs> Green Acres. This is not for me. So I was yeah. like, man, I, I can't. I can't, you know. So I moved away. You know, that's that's like. Pearland is like where I grew up, you know, in a suburb, you know, back home. You mm-hmm. see, you see a couple trees, you know, yep. out there, you know. So, I mean, it it, it it's not home, but it, it makes me feel like I'm there, you know. I remember we watched the Texas Tech and Ole Miss, and I was talking to you a little bit about when when you were here, and we hadn't played a regular season game here. We were talking about the crowd and everything, and I was like. You know, you were on the Ole Miss sideline. You played at Mississippi State. I was like, but you know people from Ole Miss. Yeah, yeah, I know the Twins. I know the Twins. And at the time, it didn't <laughs> register, like, who the Twins were. Yeah. And then against Detroit, the Twins are actually in the building with yeah. A.J. Moore on our side and C.J. Moore on the other side. That had to be, like, equal parts weird but cool at the same time. And I know A.J. didn't play in that game. I asked A.J., I said, is, I said, is this has it ever happened where you two are on the opposite side? He goes, it's the no. only time in my life. But how cool is that to have the three of y'all, because y'all that, grew up together that, in the that, same building, same game? That is amazing. You know, um, I know the whole town of Bassfield was here. I know that for a fact. So it, it's amazing to see, you know, guys um, from, you know, he's they're not from my hometown, right. but they are in a, in a certain part. You right. Because they stay like, 10 minutes down the street so it's like you know we're from the same area so it's like it's amazing to me you know and then you got martinez he stays 30 minutes from me right you know? so it's amazing you know to have guys you know around me that's that that, that grew up like me, yeah you know so it feels good it feels good it's kind of like a little bit of home with yeah, you here yeah yeah so it feels good What's it like to work with Will Long? Is it his first year as the tight ends coach? It's, it's great. You know, Will Will shows me a lot, you know, because he played receiver. Um, and, 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 and he shows me a lot in my route running, you know. Mm-hmm. And then um, Coach Dev, he shows me a lot in my run game footwork. So it's, it's, it's great getting in there with Will, you know, seeing. And then he teaches me a lot about coverages and, and, and seeing coverages pre-snap, you know, so it's, it's it's good to have him in the in there with us. Which part of kind of the football IQ aspect of your life would you say was most different from being in college and then playing in the NFL? Uh, football IQ. Um, like, what's the thing you felt you had to brush up on the most when you got here? Like, whoa, that's that's really different. Seeing fronts and 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 just because I didn't play that much of it in college, yeah. that tight end. 
Uh, but seeing fronts, you know, I, I, I can recognize coverage pretty pretty good because I play receiver. Yeah. And then I, I definitely had to lock in on fronts this offseason. So um, definitely fronts. All right. Jordan, hey, thanks a lot for joining us. We do appreciate it. Yes, sir. I appreciate on the fly. You. All right. Yes, sir. Live here in the Hyundai Texans radio studio, Jordan Thomas stopping by. I told you we're right across the hall from the locker room. So you never came, know who's showing up. You never know who's showing up. Never and know. And he came right across the hall to join us. And thank you, Omar, from PR for escorting him. And he's welcome be, here anytime. He'd be attacked he's by autograph seekers in the hallway. Yeah, I know. It'd be tough. You've got to look out for that. Yes, absolutely. It, that, that Interesting about recognizing fronts. I, I always wonder about that with young guys. Well, he's only his second year. Like he said, he was a receiver in college, so he yeah. has coverages. But now you're looking at guys like J.J. Watt if you are playing J.J. Watt in the Texans. So yeah. he's looking at Von Miller. He's looking at players like that. and He's got to figure out how to block them and deal with them. Yeah, and wh- and where they line up, what that means on that particular play. If the guy's on his inside, if the guy's on the outside, if the guy's head up, if the guy's looking at him, if the guy's looking at the quarterback. There's so many different things that, that you've got to try and understand. But I always wonder about that with young guys, You know how much – of their football IQ, you know, they have a certain amount when they get here, but then, of their football knowledge, I should say, and then they get here and it's like, whoa, we never saw that in college. or We didn't talk about that in college. And for him, it's it's a different deal altogether because he did. He played a lot of receiver at Mississippi State. So he didn't put his hand in the dirt next to a tackle and then look up and go, okay, Watts head up on me or Watts outside of me. What does that mean? Okay, is that is that an odd front? Is that even front? Okay. Are they in nickel? Are they in dime? What does that mean? So there's a lot of things that, that go on with that. But the the understanding of coverage, but also I'm glad he mentioned route running because you see a route on a whiteboard and you see that route and you're like, okay, this is how it's supposed to be run, but if you get this, you do this. If you get that, you do this. Mm-hmm. If you get this, you do that. I mean, it's there's so many different options. And it really kind of – came to me even more so when I was talking with, with Bill. We were doing some telestrators that, that you've seen at halftime. Yep. And I don't know if the one that we did on, on Will Fuller's touchdown against Miami, but I thought it was really interesting because he, he showed the route. And I know the route. I mean, we've seen it. It's just a deep oh, it's a deep over route. Right. But it can convert into like four different routes based on what Will sees as he's running well, the route. Well, the quarterback's got to see it too. Right, exactly. And that's why it's important to see the game through the same set of eyes. And, and so – the, on the whiteboard, it just looks like this long arcing line, but there are like four different things that can happen. And I can imagine for the tight ends, it's the same thing. They have so many different options to their routes depending on the coverage they see. But uh, I thought that was kind of cool, him talking about the fronts and understanding mm-hmm. what the fronts mean, especially in the run game. Well, that's peanut butter, and I guess Akins is claiming to be peanut butter too. We have a yes. peanut butter and jelly controversy we do. here. Nobody wants to be jelly. Nobody wants to be jelly. And I don't understand why, though. Is jelly considered soft or feminine or something? I don't know. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, you know, the way Jordan Akins put it to me was that he's like, you know, you've seen Jordan. You know, he's kind of got a little wiggle like jelly. Yeah, you want to have wiggle. That's twitch, right? I I, I guess. I think he's talking about a different wiggle. Oh, is that what it is? I think. I don't know. But Jordan is, is, it's thunder and lightning, right? That's good enough. Is it okay to be referred to as lightning? I would think so. Lightning's good. Well, yeah. I mean, now, in some cases, everybody wants to be thunder, but lightning yeah. precipitates the thunder. And lightning's fast, quick, right. and very powerful, and more dangerous than thunder. That's right. just the noise. Right. Really. Thunder's just the result of lightning. I mean, come on. 
Lightning comes first. Everybody wants to be flash, and then you hear the thunder later. Sound travels slower than light. Thank you very much. That's today's lesson. There's your science lesson, folks. By the way, Andrew Luck retired. I don't know if you've been aware of this news, but did. Yeah, I'm still in a state. Official. I'm still in a state of shock about it. I honestly, Mark, it will not. It will not hit me until week one. The Colts play the Chargers. Chargers. It won't hit me until that. Until I see. Whoa. Listen. Wow. I know it's sad for the Colts fans, but I have to say one thing about this retirement. I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm so happy. I'm. This is the best news for this franchise. This is. I'm sorry. I cannot hide. I cannot hide it. I'm so happy about it. And and look, this is a. It, I'm just gonna say this. This is a Texans miracle. Okay, this would be like. Being a Dolphin fan and Tom Brady retires in 2004. That's what it would be like. The, the luck reign of terror is over. Now, the Colts are still going to be good. Yes. But they're not going to be luck good. They'll be Jacoby Brissett good. They're, they're going to be good. You might lose to them. I don't know. You've lost to Jacoby Brissett three times. It doesn't guarantee anything. It does make your life a little bit easier. It has to. That's all I'm going to say. Watch, now, them, dr- watch about- them draft a quarterback in the sixth round who turns out to be Tom Brady yes. part two. Watch, no, watch Chad Kelly turn out to be Tom Brady. Well, that's not going to happen. That's a whole different story that's altogether. Not happen. But I, I got to say this: uh, I, I look. I like La- Andrew. I've talked about him a lot. I've talked about yeah. Oliver a lot. I like Oliver a lot. Um, and it is a very serious thing. And you know, I'm just talking in a sheer football sense here. Sure, I understand. I'm so happy in a football sense. So and happy, best of yes. luck to the Luck family. That's all I have to say about that. All right, Johnny. Thank you very much. You got it, Mark. Thank you. Nice impromptu kind of show because we had the Bill O'Brien press conference. Didn't know they were going to practice this late. We had Jordan Thomas on. It was great. The show will be available on HoustonTexans.com in the app soon enough. We'll be back tomorrow night at 6, team lunch tomorrow. Have a great night. Thank you, Brian, for producing. Go Texans. This is Whitney Merciless, and you're listening to Texans Radio. Don't touch that dial or else. Ain't no mercy. Ain't no mercy.